those of you who have never been to a road show before, this is a chance for our writers and artists, if any of them so want to, to come in to entertain you guys and um, hopefully get you to buy some books. Because if you don't buy any books, you're going to be eating McDonald's french fries for the rest of the weekend. No, we're going to move in with Selena. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. McDonald's french fries. McDonald's french fries. You're listening to the Yard Dog Press Audio Roadshow. Hello, and welcome to the Yard Dog Press Audio Roadshow. It's March, and this episode I'm feeling a bit like a prima donna. Since I've never included one of my own readings in an audio roadshow episode before, I'm going to remedy that today. So, I'm going to read an excerpt from Yumbies of the Caribbean, a story from the Yard Dog Press Anthology International House of Bubba's. After that, I'll be reading news from the yard. So, without further ado, here is Yumbies of the Caribbean. It was a slow day at Cooter's Roadkill Bar and Grill. I just pulled me up a plate of possum and a mason of shine when Jethro stumbled in. That stopped everyone in the room. See, we never expected to see Jethro again. When society fell, he was off in Hawaii building yuppie hotels. We all just figured he got it by Yumby. But there he was, plain as the daylight streaming in the door behind him. At least it looked like him. But he was wearing really funny clothes. One of them Hawaiian shirts and a weird hat with corks in it. The brim was pinned up on one side. Close the door! We all yell that, because Cooter don't have windows. Daylight coming in the door hurts our eyes, but anyone coming in can't see us as well as we see them. And if that anyone is a yummy, it gives us an advantage. The 12 gauge that Cooter keeps behind the bar don't hurt none either. As the door closed and Jethro's eyes adjusted to the light, he got this stupid, sloppy grin on his face. Home! God dang it, I made it! Cooter spared him a brief glance and then went back to wiping down the bar. Nothing phases Cooter. Ain't seen you in a while, Jethro. No, sir. Jethro stumbled to the bar. He pulled off his hat and sat it down. The stupid, sloppy grin stayed plastered on his face. Get me a beast. I ain't had nothing but fruity drinks since Hawaii. Where you been? Jimbo asked from three stools down. Now that's an interesting story. Jethro got this gleam in his eye. And the rest of us looked at each other, then scooted closer so we could hear. Cooter set a plate of possum and a mason of shine down in front of him. If he noticed that it wasn't a beast, he didn't say so. News traveled slow these days, and Jethro always did tell a good story. I thought when I got to Hawaii that I'd see my last good old boy for a while. What with all them yuppies that I rode over with on the plane. That plane trip was downright depressing, let me tell you. These little bottles of liquor weren't enough to make a decent drink, and the packages of beer nuts and pretzels were harder to get into than anything I ever saw. Anyway, I got off that plane, and the first thing, this lady puts a bunch of flowers around my neck and tells me that I'd just been laid. By now, I'm really depressed. If this is their idea of getting laid, it was going to be a long stay. But then I seen this hamburger stand called Bubba's Burgers. Now, before you think it was some kind of gimmick, Bubba has a Dodge Charger parked out front, and he advertises that he cheats tourists, drunks, and attorneys. 
So I go in and tell Bubba I don't want some yuppie hamburger, and he gives me a spam burger. Boy, howdy, it was almost as good as Mom used to make. No ka-oi, as they say over there. Things went along fine for a while. I missed home, but between working and the spam, I got by. Then the yuppie 25 virus started spreading like a whale, like itself. With all those yuppie tours flying in and out of Hawaii, wouldn't you know that it was one of the first places hit? You would think that was it, and the yumbies would have had one big luau with us as the main course. But to my surprise, the locals knew just what to do. You see, Hawaii used to be this primitive island full of bloodthirsty natives who worshipped volcanoes and sharks. Then a bunch of ancient yuppies came along and decided it would be a really great vacation spot if only the natives had stopped feeding them to sharks and pushing them into volcanoes. So they baptized everyone and told them they had to stop worshiping volcanoes, and then they got on with the business of setting up golf courses and condos. Now that the yuppies were trying to eat the natives' brains, all of a sudden Christianity didn't seem so appealing. So the natives brought back the old ways. They tore down the golf courses and the condos and brought back the real luau's. Now, <laughs> I'm a good Baptist boy myself, but when those natives invited me to throw a couple of yumbies down a volcano for Pele, I was all for the idea. They even let me teach them about barbecue sauce. After all, what's the use of a pig in the ground without a little sauce? I would have loved to stay there, but I was missing beer something fierce. All they have in Hawaii is my ties and fruity drinks. So occasionally, when I wasn't feeding yumbies to sharks or teaching natives how to make barbecue, I went down to the ocean and stared out towards California. Well, one day, I seen something out there on the horizon. As it got closer, I realized it was a sailboat. Now, my first thought was to raise the alarm. Most people who use sailboats eat pate and have first names like Warren and last names like the third. So this boat pulls up to the dock to the side of a bunch of half-painted, half-clothed Hawaiians aiming spears at them. Out jumps a man in shorts and a funny hat. Well, I recognized him right off from TV. Hey, ain't you that crocodile guy? He looked embarrassed. I used to be, mate. This is my crew, Bruce. Which one, I asked, confused. All of them. Say, do you mind if we blokes come ashore? We've been sailing for days and we're tuckered. That depends. You guys ain't yumbies, are you? I looked at him suspiciously. And he looked surprised. Give us a fair go. There's never been a yumbi in Australia. Never? We were all a little skeptical. Struth, he put his hands up to show that they were innocent. Ever see a yuppie down under? When we thought about the Australians we'd known, and what we knew about them in general, it made sense. Heck, with no yumbies, Australia sounded like another paradise on Earth. I was wondering why the heck they left, so I asked them. You wouldn't believe their answer. Vegemite. Veget who? I looked at the Hawaiians in confusion, but they had no answers. Vegemite, the crocodile guy said. All good Aussie children eat their Vegemite. We think that may be why none of us cocked it back with the Yuppie 25. Problem is, it's not made in Australia. Where is it? Atlanta. So me and the rest of these blokes are going to take back our Vegemite. Now Atlanta is a pretty big place. I wasn't sure that these few sailors could do it alone. 
but the crocodile gal wasn't worried. Really, we're just the expeditionary force, the Australian invasionary sailing regattas a few days behind us at best. This set my brain a whirling. Australians had a boat. They were going to Georgia, and I'm from Macon. This could work to my advantage. Tell you what, Slick. You let me hitch a ride with you, and I'll show you the way to Atlanta. The crocodile guy looked surprised. You think any of your Georgian friends would mind that you're showing us the way to your city? We do plan to take it over. Nah, I waved my hand. The yuppies from New York took it away a long time ago. If you can fight off all the yumbies, I'm sure no one will miss it. Then it's a deal. We shook on it. So that's how I hitched a ride with the Australian Invasionary Sailing Regatta, the Crocodile Guy, and his crew of interchangeable bruces. To hear how the rest of this story goes, pick up International House of Bubba's from Yard Dog Press. And now for some news from the yard. Tim Fraser's book, Memoirs of an Ex-Zombie, is now available in ebook format from Damnation Books and Amazon.com. Tim tells us that the print version of the book should also be available later this week. If you're traveling to Mid-South Con this week, stop in to see Yard Dog Press in the dealer's room. In addition to the story you heard today, they will have all of my titles, as well as their newest releases, including Death Under the Crescent Moon by Dusty Rainbolt, and the perfect bound edition of The Four Redheads of the Apocalypse. And for a complete list of titles, visit us on the web at YardDogPress.com. That's all for today. We'll see you in Memphis. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Yard Dog Press Audio Roadshow. The stories, songs, and other creative skits used during this show are the intellectual properties of their various creators and of Yard Dog Press. Please respect their individual properties. The opinions expressed on this show are that of the individuals expressing them and not of Yard Dog Press as a whole. You can find us on this show via Apple iTunes by typing the words Yard Dog Press into the search engine. We're the only podcast listed beside the many fine Yard Dog titles. If you like what you hear, leave us feedback. You can also find this podcast through my blog, TracySMorris.com. Just click on the image of the Yard Dog on the right-hand side of the blog. For more information on our titles, visit us on the web at www.yarddogpress.com. Go. Go away. Read some books. We're going to smoke you outside the door with coupons. We're walking out.